Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Scalder, and again with me today I have Mr. CJ Krause. How's it going, CJ? Going well, man. Oh well, I'm on a Saturday morning now, so it feels a little different, but nice. Nice. So we, uh, yeah, we we have an interesting week this week in dealing with our rankings because there's there are a lot of questions that we just don't know how to answer. I hope we can talk this through because I want to move some things around like live because like I have so many little things to switch around. So okay, so yeah, so you guys are going to be getting all. Well, they won't be getting it live. They'll kind of be hearing our process as we're moving some rankings around as we're doing this. So maybe we should start live streaming this too. I mean, we could. I mean, I'm down. I'm, I'm not going to do it today. Obviously, we're not going to do it today. I'm already recording. We're already starting this, but this is definitely <laughs> something, already going. Something, something to think about for next week. So, um, so yeah. So what we'll do is we'll get started with the news and go over all of the injury news, all of the various reports that are coming out um and then we will dig into like we did last week the um players that we like and don't like or are above we have above or below consensus um from the fantasy pros expert consensus so and 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 it's not just guys that we have like two or three spots below but guys that are a definite difference that we we feel strongly about so with that Let's go ahead and start off with today's headlines. Today's headlines. All right. Well, for those of you who have been patiently waiting since like week two, it is official. Finally, the Panthers have activated Christian McCaffrey. So excited. I have I have one league where I have been waiting for this for so long because I had both Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, along with Dallas Goddard, all on IR at the same time. Took a few, took a few hits that week. And somehow, somehow have managed to be four and four after after eight weeks. I I, I am so excited. Scratch <laughs> and claw. <laughs> that now I get Christian McCaffrey back. Um. So yeah. So I think that. Do you have any concerns this first week in terms of his workload? Um. I'm not considering anything i think it's just i think with mike davis emerging but we all saw him like dip above the past few weeks i could see like this is the most work mike davis is going to get being back with the christian mccaffrey back so maybe at, at worst i see a 70 30 like in all reality I, when christian mccaffrey's on the field they waited as long as they could with him to bring him back 
Um, so I think they just did all the right things to have him ready to take over that workload. Where you're seeing McCaffrey like over 85, 90% of the snaps, I think they have a good backup now in Mike Davis, so it's proved himself that he can take more of the workload. So I could probably take a 70-30 the first week and then go from there, um, building forward with that. Um, yeah, I've had, I had a couple questions this week on, you know, what do I do with Mike Davis? Do I drop Mike Davis? And I've, I've told people, no, hold on to him for at least a couple weeks, especially Christian McCaffrey coming off of a, off of a, a high ankle sprain that in the past with players has been known to linger and, and, and re-aggravate. And so for me, it's, it's more of a, I'd hold on to him for a couple weeks just to wait and see. I mean, if you have no other choice but to drop him because there's other options that can be picked up, you know, awesome, go for it. But if it's one of those where you have Christian McCaffrey and maybe you also have you picked up Mike Davis, and now that Christian McCaffrey is off IR, you know, what do you do with Mike Davis? I would still, again, hold on to him for just a couple weeks to see how Christian McCaffrey is playing on that on that ankle. So, yeah, I think any of those high value handcuffs, and like we've lost one essentially in. Um, Tony Paul as a high value, not because of anything going on, but because of the offense. Yeah. You want to hold on to going into this uh, second half of the season because we know what players are, and a lot of like those sleepers that could have gone up the rankings already picked up. The, there's no higher value handcuff than Mike Davis. That's what we saw. Yep. All right. Here's 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 one of our our favorites that we were talking about pre <laughs> pre show. Carol Pete Carroll said he is quote very comfortable end quote playing alex collins who just got picked up off of waivers uh for i mean for those of you you know quick history uh alex collins was originally drafted by the seahawks played one year with the seahawks and actually got a fair amount of playing time with the seahawks that year i think it was 2016 um but struggled with fumbles and then I want to say in 2017 or 2018, really had a great or 2017 had a great year. Second half of the season with Baltimore, had a little trouble with fumbles, and then coming back the next year, again had trouble with fumbles and ended up losing the job. So his running ability has never been an issue, but it's his ability to hold on to the ball. And so now, if he's comfortable playing Alex Collins, what do we do with DJ Dallas for our um, Yeah, and Travis Homer of that factor. Honestly, for me, Travis Homer is not as much of a factor because Travis Homer is only involved in the really only involved in the pass game. He's not a guy who can create his own yards in the run game. We've seen that over and over. Yeah, I mean, I could just still the factor in who how the carries are going to be going to, yeah. and like how that it breaks down with that one. I mean, Alex Collins, we know his name mostly because he was a big, like, target a few years ago with, like, a breakout candidate. I think his ADP moved up into the third round yeah. when he's playing for Baltimore, which is one of the biggest busts. So I, I'm sure a lot of people are burnt off that. I don't know what to do with the players. If it was just Homer and DJ Dallas, I'd probably have DJ Dallas as an RB1 this week based on what we saw last week and what they're committing to with that workload. But saying you're comfortable with Alex Collins, but think about Pete Carroll. You always have to take it with a pinch of salt. He is the most positive coach in coach speak in the world. A guy could have one leg missing and be like, he'll be fine. He could play that. He can play on Sunday. And then they roll him out. Yeah, we're still, we're still looking at things. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of see how he feels going into this week. And he is lost he like, his leg last week. Yeah. We're, we're, we're still watching it. We're, we're, you know, he's, he's really being positive about the whole experience. And 
like seriously, it's it's just like how big of a smiley face do you have on your board when you think of Pete Carroll on a player? It, it's never a frowny face on anybody. No, never. Um, but yeah, I think I'm um, ta- I'm kind of tempering expectations with the whole workload. I could see because uh, Alex Collins can get hot. I'll probably end up putting him as a high end RB four, low end RB three. So not playable for fantasy, but enough to be a thorn in the side of DJ Dallas. Yeah. And I'll probably end up DJ Dallas. Um tempering even more than probably like i hate to say like 15 to 20 range because i think i have them at like 12 or 13 right now and even that with um uh the way the running back landscape is running back 15 is like barely you want to play him because how many injuries we have but you have to so i think dallas is going to lead the lead the carries because there's a reason collins wasn't active for so long but yeah, yeah. i have dj dallas at, at running back 19 right now so yeah um yeah. And again, part of that is because of part of it's just being cautious, knowing that, yeah, he played a great game this last week um, and the Seahawks showed uh, confidence in him when he blew an assignment at the goal line. And then the very next play, they went back to him and he catches a pass for a touchdown. So it's going to be whoever gets hot. Yeah. And. Um, if I was going to bank on anybody, DJ Dallas can get the first run. So I agree. I agree. I think that uh, the thing about DJ Dallas is also he has the you know he he has shown the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. That was never a thing for Alex Collins. He was yeah. always just run the ball. So I think that that helps DJ Dallas's case. Originally, when DJ Dallas was drafted, they were comparing him as like the CJ Pro size model. When he was first picked up, except um, he's, not, a little, he's a little thicker than. than well, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the usage yeah, that they usage were planning on using yeah. using him as because he has that pass catching ability. So again, if you if you picked up Dallas, um, it's going to be I would still put him in, but don't be surprised if he gets um a RB two game. But he has the ceiling of an RB one. RB one. Yep. So. Um. Ravens injury report, Mark Ingram is doubtful. Fire up your J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. I how, looks how, so how, good. You you're I mean you're you're big on DJ on on, on Dobbins right now. Did you watch, watch his tape? tape? I haven't I have not I have not had oh a chance to go back God. and watch them yet. So you need to watch that tape. I believe he's the first running back to run for hundred yards on Pittsburgh this season. So yeah, right. and they're saying and they're saying well, and again, we're also dealing with coach speak here. Ravens offense coordinator Greg Roman says uh, reporters that uh, Jake Adams' role will evolve as the season goes on, which was always the plan. We'll, so again, we'll kind of see how that works. I mean, he yes, he ran for a hundred yards last week. I think what what has been interesting is just how much they split the carries between all those running backs. It was it was almost fifty fifty last week. It was sixteen carries to um, Gus Edwards, and it was fifteen carries, I believe, to J.K. Dobbins. Um, and if it, I think he just did the most of those carries. He's the most electric player there. I mean, I'm not ranking him higher than RB2, just for the record. I'm not saying, like, oh, he's the, but I think going forward, he could definitely earn that job. But Gus Edwards will be, again, a thorn in the side with that offense. They like him, especially if they get a big lead. They'll probably be running Gus up the gut constantly. He's just that grinder of a player. But any play J.K. can take to the Hops, and his balance is some of the best I've seen, barring Alvin Kamara. His vision and balance is so good when I was watching from the tape. So that's something to look forward to. So, like any dynasty owners, definitely he's a keep. 
even after the game, if you can have any buying window, I would be trying to get JK going forward. Okay. I'm just looking at in, in terms of some, some next gen stats. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Gus Edwards is still one of the most efficient runners we've got oh, he's, right now. He's like, he's a big body. He's like this. He's like the Eddie Lacy. Yeah. Just get to the line and go through it. Is, and he'll is, he's got some top speed. But it takes some time to get up to that top speed is the biggest thing. Yeah. And the way they run him is just up the gut. So, again, and he could, he's an NFL uh, running back through and through. He could play running back. But there's nothing, like, special like lateral agility or any kind of, like, things. Like he's a thumper that can get the top speed. Yeah, and I think one of the, one of the things that makes, uh, in ter- for me, a little difficult is is going having to go back and watch the tape because you don't necessarily have the, especially with um, – with the the lack of work that he has gotten so far, he's not fitting into a lot of the uh, into a lot of the metrics. Yeah, you know, to compare to a lot of people. This so that's, is like real shot. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I think I mean, from what I saw and what I've seen in his limited play, he's ascending. His arrow's pointing up with everything. So. Um, Kenny Galladay is uh, ruled out for Sunday. Uh, Ty Hilton is doubtful. Uh, Gardner Minshew officially ruled out. Saints quarterback Drew Brees and Michael Thomas are both expected to be active. Where, where do you have Michael Thomas? Are you all just automatically putting him up towards the top, or are you... No, I'm giving respect to um, the Tampa Bay defense, unfortunately. I'm a Saints fan for a side note, so it's really hard to like take away my bias, but I believe I have him as a... I'm at 29 right now, and I can see that bumping up, but he's still, like, limited in practice. I just, again, respect the Tampa Bay um, defense. So I could probably, I'll probably end up moving him to, like, a low end, too. Because when we saw him week one, he wasn't the Michael Thomas that we've seen before. This is his first week back from injury. It's an obviously significant injury coming back from. And the defense can be tar- honed in on him a lot. So I could see him finishing. I, again, you always have the ceiling of Michael Thomas. If he's on the field, you're playing him, period. So don't don't try to get cute with it, but I expect more of the first week back to be a limited capacity because he hasn't gotten a full practice in still um, dealing with a new injury and help a new injury. So it's just an injury plague season. So yeah, I think for right now I have him at, I have him at twelve, but again that's just throwing yeah. him in there at twelve. We're hedging each way. You're hedging on the high end on his like what what, yeah, what he is you're hedging player. on the low end. I'm hedging on the low end. So I think he'll probably end up finishing somewhere in between. Yep. That like like. High end to mid twos. Yeah, but we're both just taking the spectrum. I'm taking the injury ahead. You're taking the he's Michael Thomas hedge. Yep. Uh, wide belief that Golden Tate gets benched week nine uh, for the Giants, which basically means it's all going to be Darius Slayton and and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and some Evan Ingram thrown in there as well. But either way, I don't like the matchup versus Washington. So I don't see either of them doing more than like a flex player or wide receiver three yeah. play. Regardless, Daniel Jones has not looked good no. um, passing the ball at all. The The amount of times he had missed Slayton on passes is just like the most frustrating thing being a Slayton owner. Because Slayton gets the separation, he gets open, he gets open deep. And those are big plays, and those are points on the board for the team and for fantasy. And Daniel Jones misses them by like five yards. Yeah. So as much as I love Slayton as a player, I, I can't trust the matchup, I can't trust the offense, so... Philip Lindsay expected to play versus Atlanta. Where do you have Philip Lindsay, especially 
uh, in in the um, relation to Melvin Gordon this week? Let me pull up Aubrey rankings really quick and start scrolling down. I have Melvin Gordon RB twenty three, and I have Lindsey RB thirty five. So, so, so you like the Atlanta defense against the run game right now? Um, more so, I kind of I like their Atlanta defense versus the run game when they've been playing a lot better versus the run over the past few weeks. I also don't trust it's not going to be a 50-50 split or like a 60-40 leaning over to Gordon. And he hasn't done much with it. And if Lindsey wasn't hurt, I'd probably have Lindsey a little bit higher. I might have him passing um, Gordon a little bit. I do have Gordon, I do have Gordon lower than Lindsey this week. I've got I mean, Philip Lindsey up at running back 20. I mean, the way they've been playing, I don't disagree. Yeah. And again, and again, I'm... As of right now, if Philip Lindsay plays, I'm I'm keeping him at I'm I'm keeping him at twenty. And the reason is he was still he was still somewhat limited going into this last week with with the the, the turf toe injury. And yeah. this is basically the same thing. It was it was he he jammed his foot or something or jammed his toes or something mm-hmm. um, in this last in this last game or after or just after the game. And so that's why he's kind of been a. Um, a little bit limited in practice this week. I think if he's if he's full participant, ready to go for Sunday because of his explosiveness and how much better he has been playing than Melvin Gordon, and he's been getting most of the first and second down carries while Melvin Gordon has been used utilized more um, in the down. pass game. For that reason, I'm 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 definitely higher on Philip Lindsay for this week going going into the game. Now again. I only have him at running back twenty simply because of the fact that Atlanta's defense has been that much better against the run. It's the it's the wide receivers that they're giving everything up to. Everything, but yeah, it's, I mean, I can completely agree. I just um, any kind of toe injury, especially with an explosive player, can like shut them down with the game at any time, uh, especially with the running back. So again, I'm kind of like ranking a little bit lower. It wouldn't surprise me, but I won't see him finishing higher than a um, mid range RB two like at their ceiling this week. Unless they break wire, big play, but that's any player. Yeah. All right. Uh, a couple more. Darnold and Crowder were both limited in practice on Friday. Do you think? Do you think Crowder plays this week? Um. I mean, I'm ranked right now as if he does, because I always like rank until they get pulled out. But where do you have where do you have him ranked if he plays? Uh asking me questions and I don't have it up yet. Hold on. I'm I'm RB's up. I think I'm on the wide receiver three if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've I've got him right there, you know. Thirty six. I'm exactly up thirty six. I'm at thirty three. I think yeah. the, the the consensus as a whole, I don't think has taken into the fact has taken into account the fact that he might play because the expert like consensus right now has him like 75 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people take the reverse. I just kind of put everyone, I think it's faster and easier to commit to everyone's playing and then, and then pull, pull out. them out. That's what it's, yep. um, so sometimes you'll see my rankings throughout the week of like, why is this player questionable? Like I had like Chris Carson at 19 for most of the last week. Yep. Like that. As I leave them in until it's gone and then I pull them out or until it's like, definitely trending that way because i think it's easier by the model i use to have it that way so um new england's been really good for this past as well so even the slot receivers have been not doing a lot versus them so that's kind of puts them down there plus the injury designation down there um whether he plays or not if he plays the full game so 36 where i have him if he plays so he's a wide receiver a low end wide receiver three you probably have better options for so either way he's probably on your bench 
Yeah. So I think I think for me, I, unless unless you're in deeper leagues, I the the yeah. was it the the 18 and 16 team leagues that I'm in, I have Jamison Crowder in one where if if he is playing, he is going to be in my lineup. Um, yeah. And again, it's because it's it's mainly because of the amount of targets that he gets. Mm-hmm. You know, averaging 11 and a half targets a game when he plays. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, like I said, a couple of other things. Uh, Cowboys offense coordinator Kellen Moore said it's a wait and see thing on how much running back Ezekiel Elliott can do Sunday versus the Steelers. Confident in the depth behind him. I'm. I, I mean, I've obviously moved Ezekiel Elliott down. Do you think? He, I mean, is he playing on on Sunday with the hamstring? I mean, if it's Flair, but all I think they're gonna sit him. They're like not playing for. They're. Um. They have a great backup in Tony Pollard. It's versus the Pittsburgh run defense, which is one of the best run defenses in the NFL by far. Why would you risk this player you put so much money into? Yeah. And I hate to say it, a lost season. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Because I was really high on Dallas going into the season, really excited for them. But the second Dak went down, you're going to your fourth string quarterback for this game because of um, Andy Dalton not being not eligible to play. I don't see why you risk Zeke, especially with the hamstring, something that can pop up more. Why not give him the rest? I have him ranked currently at RB17 if he does play. I have him at 15. Yeah, right now, so, so we're both around the same range in that one. Um, but I would say... 70% they set him. Yep. So make arrangements for... Uh, a new a new uh, thing just came up uh, on Sleeper. Sam Darnold won't practice and is doubtful to play Monday. So in my oh. opinion... So Joe Flacco <laughs> is expect is expected to start for the for the Jets, which, if Crowder does play, does knock him down a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to change my rankings a little bit. Just because... And that's just because of the fact that... Um, you know, Flacco does not target Crowder quite as much as Sam yeah. Darnold. Um, I want to say one of those one of those games that 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 Crowder played, he still did get ten targets from from Flacco. Mm-hmm. But it's he it's just it's not it's not as much in terms of his target share. Um, and then you know how does that how does well, we'll get to how that's going to affect one of your other rankings. Oh, it, it just did. It just <laughs> so, he is dropping. We, and I haven't done. I'm doing the math on it yet. I just put a guesstimation where I'm going to have him. All right. So, so we will, we will, we will take a look at that. I'll bring it up, but like he's not. Yeah. I'm not as bullish on that guy anymore. Um, and the last one that I'm going to talk about here is Jacobs did not practice on Thursday. I have not seen anything about him today, dealing mm-hmm. with the knee and. Um, and illness. What are your thoughts on Jacobs for this week? I mean, I think he plays, but I don't think he has a good matchup. I think I have him at RB18 right now, and that's just because he got bumped up by um, a player getting moved behind him based on the news we just had. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, 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 got him at, I've got him at 14, yeah. but in the process of, again, reevaluating to move him down even more. I mean, he's a workload running back. Yeah. And if your knee's banged up, you're not going to get the workload that you would have normally got. I think this is more of a boost to players like Darren Waller or like Hunter Renfro. Because yep. a lot of times the running backs correlate to the tight end more than any other position. Um, and I like Derek Carr in this matchup this week. That's going to be a shootout because I like both um, teams that put points on the board. So I think yeah, it's both, less of a- Both teams put points on the board and both defenses are terrible against the pass. Yeah. yeah. 
that's the biggest thing. And, and, um, and Jacobs has been known to kind of disappear already in a pass heavy game. So that's something to um, consider. But if he's, if he's in, you're playing him because he has that ability, but I would still temper expectations. I have him as a low end um, RB two. You have him as a high end RB two. Yeah. And again, that's that's with still doing some more evaluations and possibly moving him down even more. Yeah, I mean, just that's already in my mind on this one. So yeah. All right. Well, we are going to go ahead uh, in just a second and move into our. None. It's not even necessarily our sleepers and busts. It's more of just what are we doing with our rankings compared to the rest of the industry? Is well, is what more, are, I what, guess what's our big thoughts? Yeah, it's it's more of so maybe we need to figure out maybe I need to figure out a new a new title for this. For this section, just so uh, just so we can get a, a cool little bit for it, um, cool little intro bit for it. But uh, before we get started, I want to again, like I mentioned in every episode, uh, talk to you guys about Doctor Squatch soaps. They are a, a, a handmade, uh, high quality, made in the USA soap company um, that I I absolutely love their products. Uh, they do not only not only soap, but they also do. Uh, uh, shaving bars they have shaving uh shaving equipment that you can use uh they make toothpaste and other things that uh, are great for men's hygiene a lot of great scents i mean uh, they've a uh, pine tar bar uh, a soap that's actually black because the the pine tar and everything in it they do they have one called nautical sage they have uh ones to help with dry skin all sorts of great products for men again all natural ingredients uh, make sure to check them out when you go uh, go to drsquatch.com and when you order anything or any amount of products over $20, you can get 20% off by entering in the promo code SKS20 at checkout. So again, when you go to drsquatch.com, when you order, you get 20% off of any order over $20 by using the promo code SKS20. Um, make sure to do that so that you can uh, you can get that discount. They do offer subscriptions where you can get uh, you know I think it's for six dollars a month. Um, you get a bar of soap every month, and you can kind of you can kind of interchange or you can get a, a group of bars every three months. Um, and so again, make sure to check them out, DrSquatch.com, and uh, and uh, check out their products. I absolutely love them and uh, rec- have already recommended them not only to you guys here on the podcast but to family members as well. So. All right. Cool. I just want to interject really fast. News yes. just came. News just broke. Like right when you were talking um, about Dr. Schultz, we have the yep. Zeke expected to miss week nine. All right. Literally. So I kind of want to talk about this now that we just brought it up. Um, we just finished. I'm pulling Zeke out. How high are you putting Pollard? Uh, I had already moved Pollard up a little bit simply because I was expecting Zeke to to possibly miss. Um, this puts Pollard at thirty five. I may move him up to around thirty. Yeah, I just kind of threw him somewhere without doing any crunching of numbers. Yeah, the thirty one. He was at thirty seven. Yeah, I had him at thirty five. I'm probably going to put him right around thirty. So yeah, again with that lost season, he's definitely running back you can play. Definitely someone to speculative add if the matchups get better and Dalton comes back and everything. Um, in case along the Zeke injury lasts for, but I would definitely be leaning more towards not playing him this week. But definitely someone should speculatively add if he's still available on your waivers. Cool. I don't have I don't have room to speculatively add any more <laughs> any more players um, at uh, this point. So, all right. 
So let's start it off. Let's start off with the the quarterbacks. Let me pull up the actual um, the quarterback report in terms of where I am compared to the expert consensus. Wow, I thought I had more guys that were off by more than that. So apparently I didn't. So the only guy as of right, now, I think guys people are actually going through right now and doing their changes. Um, oh, are they live? I, I think so because, because I just because I just checked in and like a few minutes ago, yeah, I had like four guys that were four you know four positions greater or lower than than the expert consensus, and now I have one guy that I have five positions higher and one guy that I have four positions lower. Oh so, wow! Let me check. Let me refresh mine really fast to see like where my calls are. Um, cool. Yeah, with everything going on right here, I still have a guy. I still have three guys, four higher, and then I have Stafford higher the most, and then Derek Carr I'm pretty high on. So I, I got some guys to talk about. Yeah. So okay. So I mean the one, the one, um, the one that I have, so that I can just get it out of the way. The one that I have higher than 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 anyone else. Um, in then the the expert consensus is Derek Carr again, and we talked yeah. about this a little bit. Was the fact that the the Chargers defense has been very bad um, as of late? They're I mean over their rolling five week average, they're giving up four point eight points above their rolling average over the last five weeks to quarterbacks, uh, three point five points to wide receivers. Um, and again, they're 3.5 under. They're giving up 3.5 uh, points less uh, in the Harris Index to running backs. So again, we talked about again volume with with um, with Jacobs, and it looks like this could be one of those games where it's going to be a little bit tougher for Jacobs, which is going to open things more up for Derek Carr with these offenses in a in a in a likely shootout. No, I totally agree. Um, if you're looking on fantasy points allowed, they're the number four best matchup. Yep. So they've given up 23.2 fantasy points per game on average to quarterbacks. Um, to kind of break that down a little more, that the Harris Index too, can't see both sides of it. Um, they also let Drew Locke score 20 fantasy points against them. <laughs> <laughs> and have you seen Drew Locke play football? <laughs> like, Drew Locke should not be scoring 20 fantasy points towards anybody. Anyhow. Well well, I was going to say to go along with that. What, who's? I mean, who is Derek Carr's normally his favorite target to throw to? It's uh, Darren Waller. Okay, the Chargers are also give up the ninth most amount of fantasy points per week to tight ends. So that mm -hmm. just means it's already a juicy matchup. Yeah. Right there, because Darren Waller, I I may have Darren Waller as my number one tight end this week, just because the matchup is so good. I mean, he's already I already have it number two. Yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to knock down Travis Kelsey from that number one slot just because of the volume there. Because he's but Travis the, Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, he's Travis Kelsey. But this is one of those ones where I could see myself. There is an argument to put Darren Waller above Travis Kelsey this week. No, I agree. There's there's definitely an argument there. I can see the range of outcomes between that. Because Darren Waller essentially plays the um, wide receiver role at tight end. Yeah, with, with the volume that he gets. So he's he's not the prototypical um, tight end. He also has. Play of the um, play of the catchability, things like that to go with it. I just think, yeah, I, I have him at seven. I'm pretty high on card this week. I think it's going to be a shootout to kind of build in the next one. I have uh, Herbert at two again 
because I am the president of the Justin Herbert fan club, apparently. I have two fan clubs I'm the president of. Apparently, Justin Herbert is one of them. He, I missed two last week. He finished as QB3 last week versus the Broncos, and I think the Broncos are a better defense versus the past than um, Las Vegas, and I think Vegas can uh, keep up with them. So to, to hit both those, I, I like all like this is kind of one of those matches where you fire almost everybody up. Yeah, I have. I mean, I have Herbert at four. Um, yeah, and you're, I think you're learning. I, you're moving. I, well, no, no, no. Last week I had him at four too. I think you okay. had him at two. I had him at four, and he finished at quarterback three. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm with you there. I think Justin Herbert again is in for another big. I think. The expert consensus actually has Herbert at like five or six. So him at six, yeah. They're, last week they had him like eleven, and I was like nine points ahead. So I think they're. I think as a whole, people are starting to realize what Herbert has been doing and yep. continues to do. He just he chucks it. Yep. He's not afraid to like, and he's got the cannon to hit guys that are like, like Guyton. Like, yeah. No one knows who that was before this, and he's been like a sleeper in like dynasty fashions because he's catching those deep bombs. Yep. But yeah. All right, what is there anyone else that you have? Um, and I mean, I had Aaron Rodgers at three, which looks really good now, but no reason to talk about that. I have um, I have Tom Brady at QB four because that's him at eight. You're playing if you have him, but I'm kind of giving that like stamp to like definitely put him in. Um, yeah, I have I have him at six again. Yeah. The, the 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 New Orleans defense, mm-hmm. um, just over their their rolling week average, uh, five week average gives up a little bit extra to quarterbacks and gives up a lot extra to wide receivers. And then you look at the wide receiver core with with the, the Buccaneers, where they've got Evans and they've got um, they've got Godwin back this week. It's it's you know pain management in his hand, mm-hmm. and then they add AB to the mix that that's potent right there yeah no it's totally one of the best definitely um pass catchers in the nfl if not the best with that group such as the gronk there as a tight end playing through but yeah so i'm pretty high on brady this week i think it's gonna be a shootout i think they want it to be a shootout because it's brady versus breeze and this is kind of like a narrative but going for the tight end record so going for the touchdown record yeah so i think both of them want to throw touchdowns especially head to head yeah so I'm kind of um, – I'm not down on Kamara, but I'm down on, like, Ronald Jones and a couple of those players and Leonard Fournette because I think Brady's going to be throwing it, and I think um, Breeze is going to be throwing it. But Breeze is hurt, so I think Brady's going to have a better game, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, what what quarterbacks are you down on this week compar- I mean, comparatively? I mean, there isn't anything I'm too down on. I just have guys that I'm higher on to so move down, like guys like Mahomes, Watson, and Murray to, like, below consensus. But they're still, like, 6, 8, and 9, respectively. Like – I, um, I still have Watts. I still have Watson at number two for right now. For right now, yeah. I mean, um, I have met. I have met eight. But again, there's so many good quarterback matchups this week. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does much better than. And the weather's gonna play some factor in there with his deep ball. Um, but because he his checkdown is a forty yard pass to Will Fuller. <laughs> like that's what he does. He doesn't throw it to that short Duke Johnson level. So I think that's where I could see him falling to like eight. He's going to have a little bit less of a connection there than normal because the weather, I believe, is like 17 mile an hour, which has a slight effect on a deep ball. Yeah. So again, we're talking minute differences between my quarterback, even one down to nine and 10, like one or two points. Like I've been like um, stagging. And so I don't really think those are like too out there because they're still definitely – um, he wants Mahomes can throw five touchdowns sometimes if he wants. He could also play game manager, so I'm kind of hedging there. But ECR has him at one, I have him at six. 
because I just like other matchups right now. Yeah, I moved him. I moved him down to three. Um, yeah. And again, maybe I'm playing a little bit of a homer, but I I can't help but put Russell Wilson number one, no matter what the defense is that he's going up against. I mean, I have Russell Wilson at one. You can't the way he's been playing like. You and, can't not put him at one. And, and and the other part of that also is the fact that Chris Carson isn't playing. And yeah. so he's still going to be dumping off to the running backs a whole lot uh, in this game. So I mean, I think that's where the game is going to be going to, like, that, the way the Buffalo matchup is. But we can, we'll probably talk about that more soon. Yeah. The one person I'm really low on is Ben Roethlisberger. ECR has him at 10. Right now I have him at uh, in the 20 range. Why? Is that because? Is that because? And, and and again, I understand. I understand it that that Dallas is really bad against the run, and so they're obviously going to be using a lot of James Conner. Mm-hmm. But the entire defense is bad. I see and this so why getting, that low. I see this getting out of hand quicker than we think, and I could see them Ben not needing to throw as much. And I think it's one of those one of those games that looks great on paper. But it becomes such a big blowout that we're not going to see as many reasons to throw. Um, I, I can see that. Just because I just don't think that Dallas can be able to do anything at all. Zeke's going to be out. They're on their fourth string. Um, well, probably going to be out more than likely what they've re- released. They're on their fourth string QB. We don't know what that's going to be, who it's going to be even <laughs> at this point. Um and I just don't see Ben needing to do a lot in that matchup. So I think it's going to be more so the run game and then some, like, clock management. And I think Pittsburgh's completely happy doing that. So, yeah, especially working with an older Ben, I think they're going to want to try to save him for matches they need him in. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I, I Right now, I have him at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, again, looking at just knowing how much they're going to use use Connor. And, and really, it could – okay – is there I that I think that basically covers the quarterbacks. Yeah, that's all I got. So let's move into the running backs. Does that let you know, let's go ahead and talk. Um, you know, the the running backs for for the Steelers. I mean, James Conner is already he's way up there in terms of the um expert consensus. What does ECR have him at? Uh number five. Okay. I have him at number three. I have him at six. So, so I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I think ECR is already in the same boat as we are. Yeah. But I think ECR is also factoring. I think it's going to be like a huge point dump on the uh, Pittsburgh side. I don't think they're taking into account that like Dallas can't keep up, and when and a defense can't keep up, it gets disappointing. Yeah. On fantasy. So. Yeah. So so do you? I mean, do you move up the backup running backs at all out of out of non? Because the way that just just for just for reference for everyone for how they do scoring on on fantasy pros for ra- for our rankings they take the top 40 in the expert consensus and then add in anyone else who finished in the top 40 scoring for running backs i think for quarterbacks it's top 15 or top 20 Wide receivers, it's top 50. So it's the top 50 scorers and the top 50 in the expert consensus. So there are some that, you know, lower lower ranked guys that get bumped up into that number to be to be added into the tabulation. And so do you have, I mean, or would you be willing to put any of the other running backs from the, uh, from the Steelers, like a Benny Snell, near 
running back 40. I actually have Benning Snell at 42. Yeah, I've got him at 46 for, yeah. for right now. I mean, I could shoot some change up around, but like Brian Hill near him. I've got um, James White, Jordan Howard, things like that around that same range. Gus Edwards. So I've got him like bumped up into like a running back that will score fantasy points. So like a super deep league, a desperation play, uh, like 14, 16 team. You're decimated by injuries. You got hit with the bye week. Sure. <laughs> you could chuck him in there. But that there's no way you're playing a regular fantasy. But I do have him in like the fourth. So I could see that game script going that way. And they're prone to use Snell first, yeah. even though McFarland's kind of the spark plug um, of the backups. All right. So running backs that you have, you have higher than anyone else. We already kind of talked about my, um, you know, one of mine is Philip Lindsay that I've got at running back 19 right now, um, where the expert consensus has him at running back 29. The only other one that I have anywhere close to being a big you know, difference between ECR is where I have DJ Dallas for right now at 18, where I'm wondering how many people just haven't updated their rankings and will do that either tonight or tomorrow morning with the news of Chris Carson not playing. Yeah. I mean, I currently have DJ Dallas at 12, but I can see that moving around. I don't know what to do with that Seattle running backs. I'm probably going to shuffle that some more. I got some more working with that one. Um, my biggest one that I know you've wanted to talk about from the start he has moved down to my running back 18 without me doing any kind of like reshuffling or like math or anything like that. Um, Michael P. Ryan. ECR has him at running back 34. I had him as high as 14 before all the news broke during the pod. So I'm pretty high on the matchup. Um, New England is one of, one of the defenses we're like prone to saying, oh, they're one of the best defense in the NFL. And I think they're a much better versus the pass and the run. With their injuries they've had, they've had to run nickel way more often than they'd like to. To kind of just like get by, to kind of keep themselves in the game, even though they haven't been um, winning games, but to keep themselves in a position to win. And running backs have been gashing them. They're, they give up the ninth most fantasy points to the running back position. Um, currently in rolling five weeks, it's been getting worse and worse. It's bumped them up so much. And I think P. Ryan is the one that's going to get the quality touches. Gore, I sell a little bit higher than ECR as well. I think I'm at like running back in the 30s. Um, ECR is about 46. So I think it's going to be like, especially if they go to Flacco, they're going to try to game manage and run more, and Pirine has the ability to break some plays that I put them in that RB2 range okay. based on the based on the way the defense runs. So that open, the middle of the field is going to be open for him for those checkdowns. I think he's a good enough runner to get enough to hit that RB2 threshold. Well, you convinced me enough to at least put him up to running back 20 right now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, going in this one, uh, we were we were just like, why? <laughs> yeah, well, going in, well, I mean, going into it, I mean, I was more like, why have him that high? Like, I would have knocked. I mean, I honestly would have knocked him down a little bit, in general, just because of Joe Flacco and not Sam Darnold playing. Um, but again, I, I'm, I am not as good. I mean, if you look at at where we where are rankings are season to date for positions you are much higher than me at running backs um i don't know where you're where you are at wide receivers i think you're, you have me at wide receivers i believe i'm running i am currently the um sixth highest ranker on running backs on the season yeah and i'm number i'm number 21 i think i'm i'm in the 60s i think i'm like 65 out of on guys i i think 
total in the season there's 160 people still left because if you miss one week at one position you're out of the contest for the year That's and so um I think, number one the next week <laughs> so i think i think i'm at number 21 on wide receivers after finishing number six last week um but i'm like in the mid 60s in running backs so yeah, your your season can definitely change on the accuracy pretty quick. Yeah. And you need and you need to like do the opposite really soon, like have like a huge week. And um sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't. But you just do the best you can at everything. Well, I that. have I have improved my quarterbacks this year over as we've gone through the season. I was at like number one twenty, one twenty five for like the first three weeks. And then had a couple of mediocre weeks, and I think I'm I think I'm in like the 80s now in quarterback, which I've always been one of the worst quarterback rankers over the last three years that I've been part of the contest. So, uh, so I also I just double checked. I misspoke. I was number six on the week last week. I'm number two on the season for running backs. Okay. So. So yeah, I was like I thought I was a little bit higher, but I, I reversed them. I was and again, s- this is why when it comes to running back, when I want to get your thoughts on running backs and why I I will adjust my rankings based on some of your. Now I may still have a differing opinion on some guys, but overall I will I will make adjustments based on your research and, and what you're looking at. Yeah. I I appreciate that. I mean I just do my best to get what I can with everything. But um yeah, I just see the the way the defense has been playing that P Ryan is definitely a start more than a sit this week. Um Okay, so running backs you're not as high on. Um let me get back to that screen. There we go. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. ECR has him at nine. I have him at twenty-two. Really? So, yeah. Um the workload has been split essentially 60-40 or 50-50 since Lev Bell has gotten there. It's been one game that they've played together. But like the way they've six and six on the carries with that one. Um and the way they've been using them, a lot of the practice reports are showing Bell getting more play. I mean they signed Bell for a reason. Yeah. So I think that's the, one of the biggest things. With that, I'm not saying not to play him. I'm saying just temper expectations. That's when I have someone at like 22s and things like that. The matchup also isn't the best out there. Yeah, Carolina has – I mean, okay, Carolina has given up the fourth most amount of points to the running back. However, looking at it, their running, their running five-week average is they're holding players uh, a couple of points below. Yeah, we get so caught into what happened early season. Yeah. That we forget how defenses progress um, throughout the season, and, they, and the Carolina was a very young. It is a very young defense. They are. They needed to come together with that. So like, you can't just look at a blanket number like, oh, they've given up this many points at all times, which we talk about sometimes. But you also need to look at week over week. What's the change that happened? And the way the arrows are pointing, I'm seeing that Clyde Edwards-Helaire's workload is dipping, and he hasn't been completely efficient with everything he's gotten already. And Carolina is more ascending in their defenses against the run. So um, still an RB2. Still definitely someone that could finish a little bit higher than what I have him ranked. But just the way my rankings like shuffled out and the way the um, my model was showing, that's just where you ended up at um, RB22. Okay. Um, the other – the other. I mean, I've – okay. So with that, I've knocked him down a little bit. I have him at 13, maybe knock him down a little bit more. Um, not a huge – thing you know knocking someone down but i don't have derrick henry as a top five running back this week i've got him at seven simply because going up against chicago 
I believe I'm with you on that. Let me double check. Him. I have him down at 11. <laughs> so we are in agreement. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and again, you tend to go a little more extreme on the running backs than I do. And I think I tend to go a little more extreme on the wide receivers than you do. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty um, aggressive. Right. Right. I have people like um, Todd Gurley above him, David Johnson. I have Todd Gurley. St- I have, I have Henry at nine. I've moved Henry down to nine looking again at, the, at some of the stats, um, and Todd Gurley at 11. Yeah, I've got that flip-flop. I've got um, Gurley at 9 and Henry at 11. I, put, I also put Aaron Jones over at a running back 8 this past week, so I kind of so I can't move. So yeah. that kind of shovels things. So it's not like an indictment on Henry. It's a respect to the it's matchup. It's a respect to the, def- the defense, yep. Um, because Henry can definitely break off a 90-plus yard run and make us all look foolish. But... I think Chicago is that good of a run defense that they can hold him in check because Henry's been known to be held in check before. Yeah. I, one of the things that, that, that was pointed out to me in, in another show, Derrick Henry blows up the AFC South defenses. That's not as much the case when he's not going against the AFC South. Interesting. I, never, I haven't looked at those kind of splits before. So. But think about think about all of his biggest games. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, Houston, and who else is in that division? The Colts. That's kind of been back and forth. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, but I mean his you think about all of his biggest games have always been has always seemed to go against Jacksonville and Texas. Mm-hmm. Two of the worst run defenses. Yeah. As well. So yeah, not staying Henry can. Just we both have him as an RB one. We're playing Derrick Henry. You're playing Derrick Henry. You're not going to not play Derrick Henry because he has that ability on any play to truck two guys and carry a guy on his back all the way to the end zone. Yeah, again, and I think I think what we need to state here is even when we have guys knocked down in our rankings, um, it's not necessarily. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of there's a lot of. A lot of people saying, you know, you start your studs no matter what. And while there is a um, a reason and a, a a truth behind that, at the same time, there is. If you just start your studs every time, you're not going to win all the time. You are going to lose. There are going to be bad matchups, and what we try to do is we try to find those. And I think what what we're saying with Derrick Henry is, you're still going to start him. You're going to start. Derek Henry but don't be surprised if he doesn't come in or if he comes in a little bit below what's projected for him simply because of the matchup it's it's don't be surprised if he doesn't meet expectation but you're still going to start him I think this goes more into fancy philosophy on your flex positions more than anything else like knowing where your studs are going to be finished like realizing where they're going to end up and then trying to figure out the range of outcomes that you want to use for the rest of your lineup yeah so I think it comes more to the philosophy of where you want to, do I want to go riskier with my flex? Do I think I'm going to need po- to make up points for this player here that usually scores 20 points a game, and now he's going to score 13. nine. Yeah, yeah. Something like, some range of outcomes is much lower. So it's kind of, I think it's more of a fancy philosophy when it comes to like looking at where you guys think going to put RB1, play him. We're yep. just a little bit lower on temporary expectations on Unless he breaks a big play. Any other? Uh, I think the other major running back that I think that both you and I have well below the consensus is James White is basically droppable in any league less than 
14 players, I think. Oh, does he actually count as a running back still? Like, I've got him at 44. Like, I've, I've got him at 47. Are people considering playing James White still? Uh, expert consensus ranking still has him at 35. So, I mean, the fact that he's – that means that he's still at, at – for most people in the expert consensus, he's rosterable. I don't even think he's rosterable right now. Yeah, I mean, 12, I definitely 12, agree with that. It may be in 12-team leagues, but in anything less than that, if you have a 10-team league and James White is on your roster, stop it. <laughs> stop. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong on that one. There's definitely better guys. Where, where, now, where do you have uh, Damian Harris this week? Out of curiosity, he's the guy you would kind of be – he's tied to that offense as well. I have him up at 21. I'm at 20. Okay, so we're both in the same boat. Yeah. There. So um, mid, mid to low RB2. Yep. With matchup, so yeah, we both agree on that one. So that's that's where I'm at too. I think he's definitely taking the reins on that one until Sony Michelle comes back. And with Cam Newton playing, they don't check down. No, the only time Cam has ever checked down to a running back is Christian McCaffrey, and that's because he's Christian McCaffrey, and you get the ball in his hands. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think we're in agreement on that one. Um and. Based on reports, yeah, that's. I mean, I think that looks like that's about where everyone else has him too. So yeah, that he didn't come up when I was looking at the things. So, I was just curious. All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to wide receivers. Um, guys that we have above consensus right now. Um, I think the big the big major one is going to be Chris Godwin, but just yeah. because just because I think not enough people have actually gotten into their rankings to look at where he's going to be and where they want to put him. Uh, And Jamison Crowder, again, I have him up at 33, but now knowing that Joe Flacco, just just being announced that Joe Flacco is going to be, yeah, he's going to drop. So, Like every pass catcher, I mean, not that they were high, they're all going to be bumped down Yeah, with the Flacco drop. So I think that if, I mean, the highest one that I've got looking at, you know, we talked with this, talked about this a little bit. I don't know if we were talking about this before the show or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I have David Moore. Um, I have him at thirty-six just because I was just putting him up there around an area where it would be relevant. Um, yeah. Because we, you know, we talked about the this game against Buffalo could be interesting for Seattle again with not having their top running backs again. David Moore has found a way. To keep himself in that wide receiver four conversation because he gets targets and inexplicably finds, manages to get um, red zone targets um, when you when you don't expect it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that one. This can kind of branch into like where I have the other pass catchers ranked because I'm lower on consensus on um and this can come to bite me but dk metcalf and tyler lockett i think the defense is going to be honing on those that the other pass catchers are going to be the ones like the david moore and maybe even a couple greg olson plays but i don't bank on that by any means but i'm not i'm not putting any any faith right now in the in the tight ends for seattle looking at the looking at the distribution of targets and everything um and with how many tight ends they now have for seattle I mean, yeah. they they just dropped uh, Luke Wilson, so they now only have four tight ends. <laughs> only four. I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying I can see the distribution go more so to others than the usual funnel to um, DK and Lockett. I'm not, I'm still playing both of them, but I'm just lowering the consensus on that. We'll talk about that 
a little more later. But yeah, I, I didn't have David Moore kind of like in my model yet. But since we've been talking, we talked a little bit before the show, I've kind of I moved him up to a wide receiver three. Not sure exactly where I'm putting them. Somewhere probably between 31 and 35. Yeah. And like I said, right now I have him at 36. So yeah. um, the other, the other, I mean, this one's, you know, already out, but um, Marquez Valdez Scantling, I had at wide receiver 45 when the expert consensus had him at 60. There you go. Take your victory lap. Uh, oh, I will. I will. And I think, and honestly, I think it's, it's some of those types of calls that I've made with, with wide receivers. Like last week, uh, last week we talked about Braxton Berrios and Jacoby Myers, and you were wondering who I had above who and I, and, and why I played, you know, you're like, why did you play Braxton Berrios when you, you were just high on Jacoby Myers? I actually had him one spot above Jacoby Myers. So I think I had them at 40 and 41 last week. So um, this week, I think, yeah, I think the guys that I've, really moved up in rankings again Jamison Crowder who's going to be moving down David Moore who again looking at the defense and and this is again this I'm I'm going to be looking at what to do with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett a little bit deeper uh Marquez Valdez Scantling and then the other guy that I have a little bit higher is Cole Beasley I have him at 29 because again looking at the Seattle defense I understand. I mean, Stefan Diggs, right now, expert consensus has him at, at number four. I've dropped him down to number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Seattle, for the most part, if you look at the distribution of production from wide receivers, it is rarely the wide receiver one who gets the most work and has the most production because they focus on that wide receiver one. It's the wide receiver two and wide receiver three that blow up in their faces. I mean, we're in agreement. I have Diggs at 12 this week. Yeah. So, so I, I, mean, I agree. I, Diggs can play anywhere on the field, but I think he's just um, a low end one, not a usual top five play that he normally. Yeah. They've also got a lot of like, I just got a lot of calls above him right now. And I currently have Chris Godwin um, as my. Wide receiver two, but I don't know where to put any of the Tampa Bay pass catchers yep. um, at all right now. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, to kind of segue into that one, I want to talk about this. Where do you have Godwin Evans in AB? Because that's like my biggest struggle is where to put those guys. All right. So for right now, let me let me look where I've got. I've got Godwin right now at wide receiver 19. And again, the reason for that is because it's it's a hand injury, and so it's about pain management. Um, I know that in the NFL they have things like you know they can do you know whether it's a cortisone shot or just taking massive amounts of ibuprofen, whatever they want to do to manage pain. Um, and Chris Godwin wearing a splint though too, huh? He's been reported he's wearing a splint for the game. Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see how that affects his catching ability with the splint. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I have currently Mike Evans at wide receiver 16, Godwin at 19, and A.B. at 35. Okay. Um, again, that's another one of those, um, because it's, it's later, um, later in the day, it's the Sunday night game. I, I tend to wait on the Sunday night and, and Monday games. I try to go th- I tend to go through just what's the order of games on the day and just kind of go through them and kind of adjust things as I, as, as I see there. Um, again, I think the, the, the 
Mike Evans, I understand Lattimore's going to be going up against him, and Lattimore, for the most part, has been able to shut him down. But when Mike Evans beats Lattimore, it's it's big. And yeah. and we talked about his big playability. Um, and so because of that, I'm trying to give a little respect to Mike Evans there. Godwin, again, it's I have a hard time putting guys coming off of injury, especially one where they're still going to be dealing with the pain, too high. And it usually and usually it bites me. Like last week, I I couldn't put Dalvin Cook at wide receiver at, at running back number one. Had I done that instead of being like number sixty five or fifty five in in running back rankings last week, I probably would have been in the top ten, simply because of the difference of points for that that gap right there. But I had him in like running back five or six just because again dealing with a groin injury, and I understand he had a full practice in, but coming off a multi week injury, I have a hard time just automatically putting them back up in their normal spot. Yeah, you play a little bit safer in the rankings than I do sometimes, and sometimes it uh, works out great, and sometimes it bites me in the butt. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think – the thing, I, I have Godwin so high. I'm not sure I'm going to keep him at, like, number two, but I have I – I think I'm going to keep him in a, a wide receiver one range because they're going to play him because they're going to need him, yeah. ideally. Um, and where um, – early in the season, I had New Orleans as, like, a um, – Definitely a smash spot for tight end. They've been guarding the tight end a lot better, but losing out the slot receivers. And that's where Godwin plays. Yeah. A lot of the time. Well, just in general for wide receivers overall, they're rolling last five weeks. They're six and a half points above above average. Yeah, but if you look at the wide receiver, it's mostly been a lot to slot receivers. Like a lot of receptions. To the true. Spot. True. So, so and, and again, so I can, so that's more just in general to the wide receivers and and realizing that that spot that that's giving up the most is to the slot receivers. That's and I'm probably. I'm probably going to move Godwin up a little bit more. Again, we just, you know, just seeing that he was going to play, I automatically just moved him up. Just He's going to be out. in the top 20. And then it's yeah. just, you know, where from there am I going to adjust out. him? Yeah, I've got Evans actually at 21 right now. I'm respecting the lateral matchup, but I also respect Evans' big playability. I just don't think that he's that big play guy as much as he used to be in that offense because he doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, that's not the way Brady plays. Yeah, if it was if it was Jameis Winston, yeah, he'd still be, he'd still be like yeah. a... a I'd probably have him at wide receiver twelve. Yeah, I have. I'm kind of hedging this one a little bit with um, AB. I have him at 30, 30. Yeah, exactly thirty. So I could see that flip flopping with Evans easily. Like Lattimore's on Evans, and they're just not going to go to him because Brady doesn't force anything. He throws to the open man. Yeah, and I feel like Godwin doesn't need his finger to get open, so he's going to get some good passes there. Um, if his catcher drops a little bit, that would make sense. And I think AB has the ability to get open versus the lesser corners. So where Jameis would force it a little bit, I think that um, Brady's going to be more cautiously um, playing the game. So that's the biggest thing there and why I have that one. I could see them all kind of crunching together, but I think one's going to be wide receiver one, one's going to be wide receiver two, one's going to be wide receiver three, and I don't know which one is which is my biggest problem. Right now I could see – I could see AB finishing again. Looking at with just last year, knowing that Antonio Brown right now is living with Tom Brady in his mm-hmm. house, so Tom Brady has been begging the Buccaneers to sign him. And just looking at the one game last year that AB played with the Patriots. And it was like the first quarter he went off, and at that point, and you know, at, at, at that point, I mean, yeah, I guess 
I understand they were playing Miami. But after that, they didn't need to do anything else. I think they ran the ball most of the rest of the game. And was it AB finished with what? It, was it a like couple of touchdowns? Yeah, one uh, touchdown. It was like, like 13 fantasy points, half PPR. I got one touchdown, uh, I believe five catches. Yeah, but I mean, it was all in the first quarter, and after that, they just yeah. kind of coasted. So, oh no, I could, I could totally see seeing AB on a pitch count is why I'm kind of speculatively having lower again, uh, and, and I understand, and I understand that. So it's it's again, but I think when he's out there, while Tom Brady does not tend to force the ball, I can see him maybe forcing one or two AB's way. Mm-hmm. So. So again, the, I, the, the point is just put them in and, and see what yeah. happens. That's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Like if you have them, you're playing them, and hope. I but the, I think the lowest floor of any of them is Mike Evans. Correct. So, um, in my opinion, yeah. Um, all right. So guys that we are down on in in wide receivers, have we have we covered? I mean, we, we talked about a little bit on. Yeah, I mean, the Seattle, I'm a little bit lower on them. I have his wide receiver twos, which could, again, bite me. But I think it's going to be more funnel to the great corners that Buffalo has to kind of keep them in check. Do I think they're going to have a couple big plays? Yeah. I think there's just so many other good matchups. They kind of just got bumped down little by little. And I can see David Moore having a bigger game. Yeah, about. I can see that. I mean, I still have both of them in my top six. I mean, again, that's... It's, again, that's more of a one of them is going to go off. It's just a matter of which one's it going to be. You're hedging the opposite. Yeah, I'm hedging that one of them is not going to go off, um, and putting the opposite near them. I just again, we're doing that opposite thing where we're committing to one side or the other. I'm committing to a lesser game because I could see this being like a David Moore and everyone's angry at fantasy. But Lock and DeKemper can get their couple in there as well. Um, I'm below consensus on some of the Dallas wide receivers. We've talked about that. Yeah, same. Well, I mean, Tennessee, I'm not well, I'm not as far below probably, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, I'm just. Yeah. Um, the I'm oh Devonte Parker. I'm pretty low on. That's something to bring up. I have Matt wide receiver forty one consensus twenty eight. Tua did not look good. Do I have? I don't yeah, know. I've got him. him at, I've got him at thirty, but that's just because I haven't looked at that one as closely. I mean, I'm yeah. dropping him down. I'm dropping him down as well. Yeah, the targets aren't there. The offense isn't as good. He passes to the running back. Yep. More than the wide receivers. So that's someone where I, I'm going to look at Patrick Laird more, which is weird to say, and figure out where I need to put him. Because he's probably – I have him at 72. I need to put him in somewhere. I didn't really realize he was playing until, like, Brito was ruled out. So Yeah, that's same here. So that's that's another adjustment I'm going to have to make. But Yeah, that's some of my bigger ones. I mean, I'm a little bit lower on the Tennessee wide receivers based on how I see the game script. But And, again, that, uh, I think also with the Tennessee wide receivers, you also have to look at – again, they're going against the Chicago defense. Yeah. That, that Chicago – Chicago rolling average over the last five weeks – they're holding wide receivers eight, you know, wide receivers as a whole eight points under average. So, uh, that defense has won them all their games. Yes, and I can see AJ Brown having a wide receiver two week versus a wide receiver one week, and I think this is the one um, a trap game where you keep believing in Corey Davis. I love Corey Davis. Same. I will say that, but I have him as a sit this week um, because of the matchup. Yeah, it's it, the, the matchup based and overall. So overall, the the Chicago Bears are the third best team against wide receivers. And then you look at not only the entire season they've been playing that well, over the last five weeks, they're holding wide receivers eight points under under average. So right yeah. there, this that's just a bad that's a bad matchup right there for wide receivers. Yeah, ECR is AJ Brown at twelve. I have him in the twenties. Again, you're playing them, but just like I don't I 
barring a big play, I can't see him finishing in 12 yeah. based on what I see with everything else. Yeah, and for me, I haven't finished going through my wide receiver rankings. I mean, I'm I have him right now at a, AJ Brown at eleven, but again, I'm still I'm still was working through a lot of what I consider my deficiencies in ranking and working through quarterbacks and running backs because that's where I've struggled the most and trying yeah. to figure out those things. So, yeah, so those are like the big ones I'm differing on. So, but all right, last but not least, let's move on to let's move on to tight ends. There we go. <laughs> Let's okay, El Presidente. Let's go ahead and, and the the president of the Logan Thomas fan club. Please state your case. So, I didn't mean to get elected the president of Logan Thomas fan club. It kind of just happened to me. But ECR sixteen, I have him at my current tight end three. Over the game since Kyle Allen has taken over um, at full games, he has not scored under eleven point seven fantasy points on those four targets of full games with Kyle Allen. So he's averaging about 12 fantasy points a game. And he's facing a defense that gives about average fantasy points to their tight ends. So I cannot see a way that he doesn't finish as a top tight end. Also, there's a lot of bad tight end matchups that bump him up. So I could see him with those four to six targets he'll get, most likely four, breaking off at least one for a big play, which that's all you need as a tight end. So Logan Thomas, do it again. Finish in the top five when I put you there. Make me feel smart. I've bumped him up to 10. I mean, I already had him above consensus at 13. Yeah. I've bumped him up to, to tight end 10. Um, and I, I, I'll I be honest, I hate Robert Tanyan. <laughs> <laughs> we know the, you do. The one week I move him up in my rankings compared to consensus. He's probably dead to me at this point. Um, Robert I saw him get traded for a in a dynasty league for a third uh, rookie pick, third round. Oh. Yeah, that that happened in one of my dynasty leagues. Like the the owner just straight up uh, put him on the block, and someone sent him a third and took it. And I'm like, I don't I don't hate it, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, looking at I mean, for me guys that I have above. So yeah, I have Logan Thomas above at ten. Um, Eric Ebron, I have at six. Again, I think because of the matchup, I think it really all that it's going to take is, um, you know, he's been getting more targets uh, than than I expected in that Pittsburgh offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that he likely, again, with how bad this Dallas defense is, looking at just kind of the, the rolling, they're about average against tight ends lately over mm-hmm. the rolling five weeks. Um and and even just as a as on the season overall, they give up the twelfth most amount of fantasy points to tight ends. So I think that that plays well for Ebron. I think that he is in for a good week. So I have him again at tight end seven because I think he gets into the end zone. Um, yeah, I don't really have him that high. I'm at eleven. I again goes back to what I see the game script to be. Yeah. So um, I see the game script being more of a run focus game which and one of the receivers breaking off a big play there that i don't think ebron's target share is going to be there like normal because i don't think they're in need to so i could even see them sitting at ebron for someone else or just having him blocked more often than not um the other one that i have well above consensus is is again this is one that no one no one's everyone's gonna look at but i think it puts him in streaming tight end territory Mm -hmm is Jordan Akins of Houston going up against the Jacksonville defense. 
Um, Jacksonville, uh, as of lately, against against the tight end, has gives up three three and a half points above, or a little over three points above above average over the last five weeks. They give up. Um, let's see on the season. They give up the second most amount of fantasy points to the to the tight end. So while they've been doing quote unquote better over the last few weeks, at the same time, they still have a weakness at covering the tight end. And for me, I believe that provides the opportunity. It does not give a lot. I mean, they don't get a lot of targets to to the tight ends overall in Houston. But when they do, it's usually in the red zone. Yeah, it's usually a touchdown. That's why Darren Fells is a good streamer going forward. Um, I forgot to actually even put him in my rankings. He's been injured for a while, so I put him up to 16 as well when I looked at everything else I had, which just put him ahead of, I believe, Mike Gusecki um, in my rankings. So I agree. Um, yeah, with that. I've got Gusecki at 16. So Yeah, I've got Aikens at 16, Gusecki at 17. Um, no, I totally, it's definitely in the streaming. If you need a touchdown or bust yep. player, that's definitely about I And I put Fells at 25 just behind Alberto because either one could get there. Yep. So... Um, hopefully you don't have to dig that deep, but if let's say you're, um, looking between Gusecki and you were trying to like get that upside, but with Tua, it's not getting there. That's someone I would pivot to, but I could see either going either way, but with tight ends, you're banking on a touchdown more often than not. There's very few volume play tight ends besides like the Travis Kelsey's of the world. Darren Wallers. Yeah. Things like that. So that's why, I mean, a lot of people don't like committing tight ends early. Um, I think you either commit early or late. I never grab those middle ground tight ends. Correct. Correct. Either like I've, tried, I've taken Kelsey round two and a few um, drafts, and I'm very happy, very happy that I have him now. I've, yeah, I've in the past I didn't this year, but in the past yep. I have taken you know Travis Kelsey in the second, or if he dropped to me in the third round, I mean I'm just yeah. jumping. Well, this this was a ten team hand. league, and I think positional advantage is important yeah. in there. Yeah. So I took like I went like running back, tight end, and running back, but that's something yeah. to. Um, I never grab those middle round guys because there's always someone that you can stream. Yeah, and so and so otherwise, otherwise it's it's waiting it's waiting late. Um, and and grabbing someone like you know, and just streaming the whole season if you Logan need to. Thomas. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, guys that you're lower on this week, uh, I think we're we're in agreement on on Mark Andrews. That's about all I really got this week. My consensus is Mark Andrews, um, the Houdini of the tight end position. He does great tricks and then he disappears. So yeah, I think this matchup is not good for him and he's known to disappear in good matchups. We had him lowering they have him at tight end three still in ECR and I have him at tight end 13. So I have him at 11. My, yeah, I'm just outside my top 12. You have him just in your top 12 for that one. Um, he either scores 20 or he scores three. And I think this is one of those weeks where he scores about three. Because, again, Lamar Jackson hasn't looked good. He didn't look good last week with uh, Marquise Brown asking for the ball more, kind of demanding the ball more there. I can see that being more of a funnel position for that. And the matchup isn't great versus tight ends by any no, means. No, so. it's – it's the, the matchup is better for wide receivers. Uh, wide receivers, right. again, looking at the Harris the Harris index and, what, and what's happened over the last rolling five weeks, Indianapolis gives up three points under – on for tight ends and four points over for wide receivers. So I yeah. could see I could see Willie Sneed outscoring Mark Andrews this week. Yeah, I, I mean I could definitely see that with the way that they run him. Uh, again, I just think Marquise is going to get his targets 
Andrew's going to get targets, but he has, to, he has to get it for a touchdown. And I see Lamar more chance of passing it somewhere that's not heavily guarded like that. That's definitely – Andrews hasn't lived up to expectations of being the guy. Um, he was great when he had other people like Hayden Hurst to kind of take away pressure from him or like when he was getting limited snaps. Um, and I love Mark Andrews. Don't get me wrong. He Same. just needs to grow as a player to just be better, live up to his expectation. And it, he just hasn't. And it, the matchups really dictate whether I play him or not in my top 12 usually. All right. I think that's it. Guys, uh, I hope that uh, that you have enjoyed this information and that uh, you'll wow. be able to use this. Yeah, we spit out a lot. I mean, we went for what hour and fifteen minutes in this episode. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we I mean, we're we're trying to do our best to make sure that you guys have the information you need to to rule your fantasy league. So again, uh, we're we we hope that you guys have a good week this week. Um, happy that Christian McCaffrey is back. He's back. My league of record so happy. <laughs> Staring at me. Um, and so, uh, again, thank you guys for taking the time to listen. Uh, this has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. On behalf of CJ, my name is Ryan Skullrud, and we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.